0: Firing Line, with William F. Buckley, Jr. Dr.
1: James Pike is the Episcopal Bishop of California, or at least was as of a few moments ago. He is a most literate, passionate, and energetic gentleman. <clears throat> it has been written about him that he is probably the fastest talker in the United States. Quotes beginning his second sentence before he has quite finished the first. Perhaps it is necessary to talk that fast in order to occupy all the positions Bishop Pike uh, occupies. Though he is many things now, he has never been uh, more things than he was in the past. Once he was a Roman Catholic, then an atheist, then an Orthodox Episcopalian, now a not-so-Orthodox Episcopalian. Though he survived a sort of a heresy trial uh, not long ago, and managed with his wonderful flair to give the impression that God himself had survived the trial. Every year or so, the bishop discovers one or more unnecessary dogmas. A couple of years ago, the virgin birth fell by the wayside, uh, and last year, giving a sermon at the Trinity Church, no less. The bishop discovered that there was no Trinity. Uh, For his sake, there had better not be. (laughs) When the Supreme Court discovered, um, three years ago, that it is unconstitutional to say even non-denominational prayers in public schools. Uh, Bishop Pike, who among other things was once a lawyer, uh, denounced the reasoning of the Supreme Court in vigorous language. Subsequently, he joined a movement calling for an amendment to the Constitution designed to permit prayer in the public schools. Uh, Now, for reasons he will no doubt deliver with his customary eloquence, he seems to have changed his mind about the desirability of such an amendment, indeed about the desirability of prayer in the public schools at all. So, fasten down your storm windows, Mm -hmm. put on your seat belts, Mm -hmm. and I will now open the door on the hurricane seated next to me, the most reverend and most
2: welcome Mm -hmm. Bishop Pike. Thank you very much. Before we get to the subject, I'd like to say one thing to our audience and to you. Some years ago, and I hope you've forgotten it, uh, over some issue of civil rights or freedom, uh, I rolled off a list of names of conservatives that I was unhappy about, and I grouped you with some very. Oh, well, un- I qualified. Uh, you didn't. That was <laughs> the trouble. But I listed you with some very unpleasant radical writers, real uh, radical right type people that you're not the same as, and I. Never have had a chance to apologize for that. You weren't the same as some of these others. I assure you. The we postage rate is p- going up, huh? The postage rate is going up. I say all right. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. No, very I'm much. glad we can be together. <laughs> I wrote you at the time, but I can say it publicly now. Thank you. Thank you. Now, oh, on the subject itself, I uh, Bishop Pike, you were saying about the Supreme Court. Something uh, unpleasant, I hope. Uh, well, rather, I. I taught church-state relations at Columbia Law School while I was dean of the cathedral in New York here St. John the Divine and followed very much this whole course of decisions from Everson, the school bus case, through the McCollum case, and on down to these prayer cases. I still don't agree with the reasoning of the courts in those cases. I think they used the First Amendment in a way it was never intended to be. It talked about establishment of religion, and they meant really establishment like the Church of England is. Uh, what well, we didn't want in this country as a national establishment, but it was forbidding the federal agency, the Congress, from interfering with the existing state establishments and not letting local option prevail, which did about 1840 or 50, of the last established churches left us, are seen. that's good, I'm involved with that. But to use it to say that a federal agency, the courts, can tell what's to be done in local schools and all this, and cl- calling an establishment of religion if a local school board or a state decides to do something, I think the reasoning is the of the establishment provision. What are we going to do about it? Now, amendments. I, I was asked to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and I said I don't like these prayer amendments. I said that then I would like rather an amendment that clarifies the First Amendment to make absolutely clear what it means, that there should not be an establishment of any church or denomination as an established church. That's what they were talking about, and not allowing this overflow of meaning. Now, having said that, I haven't changed my mind on that. The Prayer Amendment, which puts specifically in, a, in the Constitution this one particular thing prayer and Bible reading, because I had other fish and fries, concerned for release time education, I like that, I was concerned for broader issues. I don't favor this particular amendment <coughs> because, I, on other grounds than that of a lawyer and a sort of a constitutional lawyer, I don't care for prayer or uncommented on Bible reading in the schools. Perhaps we can get as to why later, but that's how I state my position for other reasons than constitutional ones. In in other words, you're in favor of some kind of an amendment, but not the the incumbent proposal. And I put before them the text of another kind of amendment, but that's gone by the board since. I personally do not see the value of state-prescribed prayer or of the reading of Bible verses without study of the background, the context, the historical criticism (laughs) of the passages uh, in, in school. And I think, and I think it's, it's a disservice to the church, too, because it gives parents the illusion that this side of life is being covered by the public agency, when in fact it's very trivial and perfunctory. And we, if we're going to train in these things, we've got to do it in a serious way. Uh, Bishop, do you still belong to the uh, Constitutional Prayer Foundation? Constitutional Prayer Foundation. you would have to identify it for me.
1: Well, you're a member of it, uh, at least whereas, as uh, a couple uh, of years yes, ago. I remember. And their particular manifesto had the following sentence in it, quote, yes. We, uh, allegedly you too, we we propose to actively seek an amendment to the Constitution which will recast the first amendment in language that will more definitely Uh, state the permissible and proscribed areas of church and state and their relation to one another. Uh, uh, Sorry, two sentences. The amendment we seek will permit not only the continuation of voluntary prayers
2: and mention of God in our schools and public affairs, but will also guarantee the right to have chaplains, etc., etc., etc. Yes, I know <coughs> the group you mean. And when I wrote them and accepted, I said, that kind of language is fine because it doesn't say what way. i I'd like the recasting of the First Amendment, yes, but and that it might permit these things, yes. But an amendment now, which we're talking about, which says <coughs> just that we're going to have prayers and Bible reading in schools, I am not for. Well, are you against it even... Uh,
1: if the stipulated prayers uh, suit the uh, uh, the religious leaders of the community. In other words, if the, if the Jewish and Catholic and Protestant leaders of the community agree on a formulation for a high- How are they going to agree? Oh, no, on, I didn't ask you that. On, on I asked you if can. you would agree, assuming that they did. After all, after all it's can. a matter of historical record that they have in the past. Oh, because of
2: vacuous, platitudinous prayers. Oh,
1: now, you're saying you don't like
2: the prayer. No, I d- uh, I'm, no objector, not I'm not saying
1: say that the prayer is either gutsy enough for you or too gutsy for yes. you. Uh, obviously, we're going to exclude references to the Trinity and the virgin birth and so on, but
3: hi, as- hi, as- hi, assuming,
1: assuming that my historical postulate is that if you have a situation in which the three major faiths do agree on a prayer, uh, do, are, are you in favor of their being permitted uh, to, uh,
2: to uh, instruct the school board I read would that prayer. Like They're the quite school. permitted to instruct the school board. I hope the school board would say, as our school boards do in California, uh, leave it out. Because there are not just three major groups. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people that are secularists and humanists. There are all kinds of different Christians, like Anglicans or Episcopalians, that aren't just the same as Protestants in general, or the same as Roman Catholics, Greek Orthodox. I mean, this three faith idea, I think, is an illusion in the first place. And uh, how do you get a- agreement on these things? And what do we mean mm-hmm. by the words? I'd like to read from a Roman Catholic philosopher, Michael Novak, in the current issue of Time. He says, I don't understand God and the way in which he works. Occasionally I raise my heart in prayer. It is to know God I can see or hear or feel. It is to a God in as cold and obscure a polar night as any non-believers know. And that's a Roman Catholic philosopher speaking. Now, wait a minute. Wait uh, now, wait how a minute. can you if get it, him in it, on it? If you're
1: making a point, let me save you the trouble by mm. conceding it, that a lot of people have an awful lot of, uh, if you like, eccentric uh, if you like, individualistic ideas of what God is or what the problem in relation to him is. What is your but in, 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 in But in fact, you him? Uh, 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 oh, I'm, I'm an orthodox
2: Roman Catholic. Ah, but now, let me with this Roman Catholic the to you. Here is a Roman Catholic seminarian who says, God is all that I cannot mm. understand. Or, uh, we have many Roman Catholic saints, such as St. Thomas Aquinas, we cannot affirm what God is, we affirm what he isn't. Now, what, what is your definition of an orthodox Roman Catholic of God? <laughs> Uh, Who are we praying it, to, if we all got together? If, if, if you
1: design my, my own uh, uh, definition, uh, it is best, uh, best described by the Nicene Creed, which, which I don't think you have yet revoked. But uh, uh, no. I, I'm talking now, it's a less, about, the less about theology, uh, then I am about uh, uh, politics in, in point of fact. <laughs> People do have to make concessions, do they not? Now, don't uh, I don't want make concessions undoubtedly, undoubtedly, at all. That's uh, uh, got a uh, word we can agree uh, uh, on. No, 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 wait a, now a minute. Let's take there are a undoubtedly Episcopalians who, who are vocally unhappy with your tenure uh, right. in California, but in That's point true. of fact... We we'll agree you, on that one. In point of fact, you did submit to a, a majority and that majority uh, held sway. Uh, and I'm asking you why all of a sudden you are so uninterested in majorities holding sways uh, in other communities than your own. several
2: to civil rights, anything connected with the, uh, any of that field, majorities are not interesting to me. On the oh. American system of government, well, well, majority me, rule doesn't int- go when it comes you. to the rights of dissenters. Let me introduce Do you the you believe the, the a majority governs on any of the First Ten Amendments? No, or?
1: let me introduce you to the rights of majorities. Perhaps it will be easy for you to understand the rights of majorities. You simply think of them uh, as a sequence of minorities. Uh, let us assume that the 55% or the 95% or each one of them are individual minorities who happen to believe uh, that simply because they believe in, in, in religion uh, is no reason why, all of a sudden, there should be a great juridical revolution in 1963, on the basis of which it is decided that because some people have eccentric ideas of what God is or isn't, well, it, to it ought to deprive them of this permission. God, you're, you're begging the question. I say assuming they're eccentric. eccentric from their point of Well, from their point of view. From, from whose? Yeah. The the majority? Well, uh, uh, if, if you're allergic to the word eccentric, uh, let me use... I just want uh, to know what you mean. Uh, well, all right. Who, who judges who's eccentric, you know? No, I don't, think, I don't think it's the place for anybody to judge who, who is eccentric, uh, at least uh, juridically. My point is that uh, a person, uh, unless you give to each individual uh, a veto power uh, over the spiritual direction uh, that any particular public school is going to take, uh, you are, in effect, uh, elevating eccentricity to a point where it actually governs in the society. Now, uh, uh, let, let me raise this, this point. Since I think <coughs> you were more interested back when you blasted the Supreme Court and said, "Quotes, the Supreme Court has just deconsecrated the nation, I think you were uh, more interested then uh, in the fact that the 95% of the 99% of Jewish, Catholic, and Protestant uh, children in, in New York City uh, we're no longer permitted to listen to a denominational prayer in the schools, and apparently you are now. A non
2: denominational prayer, in fairness That's to correct. that prayer. I said yeah. non denominational. Oh, I see. yes. Good. Yeah. Uh, I felt this, and I will say this <clears throat> about the Supreme Court decisions. What is wrong behind them is the assumption that when you eliminate, uh, What they call religion, that you have neutrality when you don't.
1: don't, I I, I believe that
2: you have a religion of secularism, a religion of humanism by default. Right. It's a permissible religion. American life, we both agree, but it's not any particular rights over others. Correct. Yeah. Whereas I think the, but I think the only way to solve this now is to make up our minds on pragmatic grounds what is good in education and what is good for the children. Now, I like the lead in the last prayer decision about reading decision. I can't cite it at the moment that there can be instruction as to religion, its history, and its institutions, and why don't the schools get with that? That's their business. Let the piety go to the churches or at the home. Let's hear about this. That's a little bit like saying, let's study Beethoven
1: by examining the harmonic structure of his Well, that's a good idea, isn't it? No, terrible idea. The best way to study Beethoven by listening to him. Well, sure. The best way to study religion is by exposing
2: yourself to the possibility that God still exists.
1: Yes. But But let's understand the different
2: views of God and study them. Now, for example, the Dominican theologian uh, you mean, let's discover the contradictions in God's no, testimony? No, but he says, God has disappeared because of the image of him that the Church has used for many, many ages. Now, we ought to be knowing what a Roman Catholic theologians like that are saying. <laughs> now, wait a that minute. Let our children learn uh, that am not suggesting, of God. And I'm that not that suggesting
1: as a substitute for, for uh, studying the views of Michael Novak or yourself, uh, or, or a, 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 a prayer uh, in the schools. I'm simply suggesting that the majority of the American people have lost a very real freedom uh, one about which you spoke very eloquently and very forcefully three years ago, or uh, when they are told, A, that in effect, unless they are rich, they have to go to public schools, but B, those public schools may not even acknowledge the existence of, of religion through or any no. devotional means. Oh, through a devotional See if you can find means. a grammatical solecism in the Bible, or, or see if you can find out the extent to which uh, it encouraged certain sociological superstitions. I'm talking about religion qua religion.
2: Yeah, the content of it. Yeah, let's right. study this. Let let's our young people learn the background of Hinduism and Buddhism, and learn the background of Judaism that's what the Supreme about Court things, gives things, us, yeah. I think, is the solid educational answer. They did it in the dictum in that last decision. But as I understand,
1: you have withdrawn. We have to uh,
2: take a cue here and All pause right, for just a moment. Surely.
1: May I suggest a, a, a thesis here, Bishop? Uh, and that is that it seems to me that the Supreme Court has tyrannized uh, over the, the thought of a great many Americans, and, and perhaps even a little bit over your own, <laughs> considering the difference in your uh, 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 visceral, and I hope best, reactions <laughs> after the Supreme Court's decision, and now your long series of infinitely edgy equivocations, isn't it possible that in the last uh, eight or ten years, we really have be- been urged to think of the Supreme Court as, as a divine tribunal, or as a substitute, therefore? It, it seems to me that we we, we must all yes I agree. It seems to me that we must all recognize that we have got to obey the law uh, as defined by the Supreme Court. But this doesn't carry with it a concomitant obligation to think that whatever the Supreme Court decides is oh. in and of itself
2: good. Even though I'm a member of the bar of that yeah. court, I will agree with you thoroughly, mm-hmm. and I mm. do agree disagree with the line of that whole course of decisions, and I would like, for example, release time right in the classroom so there's ample opportunity to have the presentation of religion in that way, or I prefer, frankly, what they suggest, the new dictum, presentation of the history of religions and comparative religion to our young people, to our high school kids, like in universities it can be done, and they've suggested now it can be done at all age levels. But prayer, what does it do? Take the New York prayer, Uh, the perfunctory repeating of the same prayer that the state devises. Uh, why are they competent theologians? Uh, Who said they were? Well, the, the religious no, they, leaders. They're rather uh, political adjudicators. All oh, right. They, why should they be in that position? Uh, why no, should they? The, they why because should they're
1: elected uh, officials.
2: To decide to make
1: prayers? I mean, no, are they elected to, for that? To, to decide to conciliate in order to, in, try so to, in order to try to midwife a prayer that does not offend the denominational sensibilities what of, what the of the particular What about the secularists? Group? Does it
2: offend them? Does that matter?
1: Well, the, uh, uh, well, by definition, I would hope that the prayer would have enough teeth in it to offend somebody. But, but the question oh, is: but Why should it? But, but the question. Oh, all right, now that's precisely the point. Is it possible to do anything at all without offending somebody? I was grievously offended uh, when the majority of the United States decided to elect Lyndon Johnson as president of the United States. But I don't, <laughs> I don't see anybody repining over my feelings. Well, seems to I don't think he really did. <laughs> <No, laughs> but but, but this, again, this seems to be one of the uh, one of the. Uh, one of the concomitants of an acquiescence
3: yes, in a agree.
2: communal society. I agree that on many things, we're going to put the park here, not there, and some people mm. won't be happy, and we do what the majority or its elected representatives say. That's okay. But now, what is the value of the repetition of a perfunctory ah, prayer in I'll a tell school? You. Tell me. Yeah. I'll
1: tell you. Brace yourself and take notes if you want. The value of it is that it precisely adds another intellectual and philosophical dimension to the whole process of teaching. I have to, right to believe.
2: I have to believe. I'm talking about devotional. That's, right, that's right. I'm all for the intellectual. Well, I, and think philosophical. That I think that this I want derives. That. I think I this that.
1: derives from it. But the very fact of a prayer, however much an attention is given to it, and I'm sure that you, as a clergyman, yes, uh, preside I over do. prayers constantly to which uh,
2: uh, uh, insufficient attention is given. Sometimes,
3: as a clergyman, dimension.
2: if he's looking for the next
1: prayer, you know, exactly, with all
2: this liturgical reform, you know, you have to be pretty I'm fast sure to find you the place. I know this yes. at
1: first hand.
2: Yes, I can't pray at the prayer because that you're uh,
1: about the second? It yeah. precisely, <laughs> it precisely introduces a dimension. I happen to believe, uh, uh, with the founders of our own republic, uh, that uh, any state is ultimately uh, illicit. Uh, unless uh, it recognizes that, that other uh, spiritual dimension. Oh. Uh, and I believe with James Madison that nobody is, quote, properly educated uh, mm. unless he first recognizes that there is a governor above the governor of the no, state. Now, if the, the state, state is going to become totalitarian, if it excludes no, no. the mere existence or the acknowledgement of the existence of that other order, which is why even, uh, even something that you might dismiss as monotonous and even almost blasphemous as a result, uh, as a result of, of its being given with such an attention, nevertheless,
2: infuses an idea of that other dimension which might affect the life uh, of I, the people throughout I think throughout have something there, but now the trouble is, it is so thin, if you're going to get agreement all over the board, that there is no content of communication, and it gives the illusion to parents and educators, mm-hmm. and that we've taken care of God oh, and religion. Oh, no, and that to me is the deceiving part of this. Are you suggesting that because prayer is said in the schools, therefore prayer will not be said at the home or in the churches. Oh, not prayer. I'm talking about serious, honest education in this very important realm of life, which you're concerned for, too, namely our religious heritage, or indeed the religious heritages of the world. This is not taken care of by the saying of a prayer, or particularly by reading Bible verses without comment. Suppose you read from the Psalms, dash their children's heads against the stones. You can explain that. I explain the historic context of the feeling tone the Jews had against some of their enemies, but to read <clears> that without comment is very destructive. I think i don 't like any Bible reading without explaining where the sources are, where it came from, what the uh, why these things are there, uh, otherwise it 's misleading
1: well but under, under your under your key, uh, indoctrination and education uh, uh, can never accept the ritual significance of uh, of anything at all when we take the oath of allegiance. Uh, undoubtedly, would like to be there to give an exegetical examination of four hours' length,
3: four hours uh, to show what it?
1: are the etymological and historical derivatives uh, which are, uh, which are, yeah. which procreated such phrases as "this nation under God." Uh, but I- in fact, we accept the importance of ritual, and ritual is not oh, an right. unimportant uh, now, in, in sociological in or high religious phenomenon. Are
2: required courses in civics and universities, courses in American institutions to <clears> give some <throat> historical context to this and some logical and philosophical and political theory understanding of it. I say to do this in religion without that similar thing is wrong. Well,
1: uh, you you might be saying that it is insufficient, and I would agree with you. I think that anybody is a religious illiterate uh, who never learns more about his religion than to say a (laughs) 14-word prayer, whatever it was it's so (laughs) affected in court, and I agree with you. What I am saying is that to agree on this does not commit you to the proposition Uh, that that uh, ritual uh, statement is in and of itself shorn of meaning. Uh, Are you in Uh, favor of uh, uh, rewriting the Constitution so as not to require the President of the United States to take an oath of allegiance, even though that is highly ritualistic language? Uh, what do what do you do in your own? What church, happens the now when It must be impossible for you to proceed through a ceremony if you feel this necessity for a running exegesis all the way down. Uh, the
2: well, we have a com- have a whole educational apparatus. We have homilies and sermons. We have literature. We have a whole approach <clears> to this. Frankly, just the liturgy without any content uh, to. The meanings, uh, I mean, to teaching the meanings without any relationship of this to current life, I would be very disturbed about too, incidentally. Well, but you know, there might be
1: some people who disagree with you with reason. After all, uh, we have it on biblical authority that we were instructed to repeat the Lord's Prayer, at least Christians were instructed to repeat the Lord's Prayer uh, every day. Now, do you consider this uh, a a, a mistake uh, of Christ because he didn't recognize the necessity? Uh, to, uh, to have a running explanation of the
2: meaning well, of, uh, of a, these various uh, asseverations. separations. words give us a terrific lot of explanation of this. Of course, that was the summation of Jewish piety, mm-hmm. and seems to be related as research now, indicates to certain Essene well, but incantations. But the fact is that Jesus does a great deal to explain the meaning of these things, as it's recorded in the Scriptures. And the kingdom, he, that kingdom come, he talks a lot, he's quoted a lot about the meaning of this kingdom. He his parable after parable to illustrate its application. No. Now, that's <clears> what I mean. Well, I don't want to suggest that that you and and,
1: and Christ um, have differences on the matter, (coughs) but but it it, it (laughs) it may be necessary, because uh, the whole concept of, of prayer, as I understand it, suggests that one can embody, even in two or three sentences, which might indeed be uttered ritually, some kind of an affirmation oh, uh, of some kind of technical spiritual significance. No, I, I agree with you. And if you, say the Lord's, if you say the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't obviously mean that you oughtn't to go on to read the Bible and understand the, the whole context,
2: yeah. but nor does it mean that you shouldn't utter the Lord's Prayer. No, I agree with you here. I, I know of even shorter prayers. I've been at Cambridge on sabbatical for six months in England, where often the grace is benedictus, 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 amen. You know, I mean, it can be very brief. It sounds like Cambridge. Yeah. Oh, thou blessed, <clears throat> one bless it says a great deal. But I don't worry about the brevity. Uh, what I'm worried about is the tokenism involved here, the perfunctory character. When we have a real challenge, we are evading, namely, how do we instruct in the whole culture and make literate people? You can't educate people without their knowing their religious heritage. Now, Wellesley College, yeah. I used to preach at. I used to preach at uh, Williams up here. And Wellesley, I preferred to preach at, not just because they were attractive ladies and that Williams they were. No you're not n- supposed to make observations like that. Oh, right, okay.
3: uh, <laughs> at, at Wellesley,
2: three semesters of Bible and of the continuity of the Christian tradition to get a Bachelor of Arts. They don't care if you believe in it. You, you're not educated unless you know it. Uh, you aren't an educated person. You're not a Bachelor of Arts. Whereas Williams didn't require one bit of knowledge about any of this, but everybody's required to go to <coughs> chapel and, and compelled to worship. And of course, the difference in preaching is noticed. These people at Wellesley or any other place where there is no required job are there because they want to be. The others are closing the newspapers as so the procession comes down they sit as far away as they can away from the center of things to show they don't want to be there. It seems to me that, that as part of knowledge, as part of the schools are supposed to instruct in facts <clears> and knowledge, we are evading by this kind of talk the big responsibility which is to include in the education of persons knowledge of the facts, the literature, the history, including the semi-side of Jewish and Christian institutions.
1: Well, uh, there there are, of course, people who disagree with you. For instance, in probably the single most uh, relevant document that captured the American mood at the time the Constitution was written, the Northwest Ordinance, uh, it was said, quote, religion, morality, and knowledge, uh, being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind, schools and the means of education shall forever uh, be encouraged. Now, I I agree with you that it is obviously a function uh, of schools to forward knowledge, but it is also a function of schools, as I understand it, to take into consideration the larger context of the meaning of knowledge. All uh, right. After all, we um, we, 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 you know, we know we know that, that yes. certain people we highly disprove of were highly knowledgeable. Lenin and Trotsky immediately come to mind. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, surely people ought to be given the right to disagree even with you.
2: Oh sure. And, and I'm
1: suggesting that you are sort of co-opting the Supreme Court because it happens in your latest interpretation of the situation to square with your uh, analysis at this particular no, moment. No,
2: I no, don't, I don't go with their reasoning. I'm thinking of what this does in the culture itself, the perfunctory in place of it being done in breadth and depth. How did you wait just one moment didn't that? You were saying, Mr. Pike. Yes, I think we've got to look at this in terms of the total effects, and, and we can look at it this way. I come from a state where we've not had prayers in schools at all. Mm-hmm. They weren't abolished by the Supreme Court decision. They weren't there anyway. I'm in an area where there is very little of actual segregation. In Alabama and Mississippi, they have prayers in schools the <coughs> Supreme Court. stopped them. But look how they behave toward each other. Uh, in other words, what is the ethical effect of these places where you have prayer all the time and the ethical uh, effect hope you're of where you I too know? humble to say, because uh,
1: uh, although, uh, although I might join with you, and in fact have, in deploring much of what goes on in Mississippi and Alabama, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, go so far as to say that they are necessarily, as individuals, worse people than people in California, well, look they or do people, people in New York. Well, uh, they bear people l- 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 simply l- l- because l- of their color, l- and not as individuals. Look now, what you have noticed. Look what you have noticed. Because of color. Yes, look what you have noticed. Uh, but uh, a crime against color is not the only extant no. crime. Yeah, you're right. It happens you're to be right. the most newsworthy. No, uh, but I uh, I, I'm quite sure that uh, I don't know whether you hear confession. Yes, but I'm, I'm quite I sure don't. that if you hear Confession in California and again in Mississippi, uh, you wouldn't necessarily draw invidious comparisons on the basis of <coughs> I, that. But uh, if, if you're saying that we live in a veil of tears and people are sinners, I, I certainly agree with yeah, you.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying, look at the difference in the way people are treated as groups. By mm. group labels, group discrimination as between areas where you've had no public prayer and where you've had it. Now, this book that is soon to come out from Harper's, Clark, uh, Charles Glock and Rodney Stark's study of Christian Beliefs and anti-Semitism. The survey made in our area shows the more committed to the church, the more involved in regular prayer and so forth, the greater the anti-Semitism in the persons there. The more orthodox the believers, the more anti-Semitic. The more and more studies are showing these correlations. So what really is for the American purposes, not for the aims of any religious group, what is being achieved for American common life perhaps by putting to the fore uh, this public reference <coughs> to God, and so forth, when there are deeper problems underlying it. I'm oh, on God's I, side, you understand, no, but no, I think no. there are deeper I, problems underlying it. I think you're, you're trying to sneak a point in,
1: because after I all... Uh, I, uh, I, how'd I, you guess? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm talking about, after all, a prayer that was uh, judged perfectly satisfactory uh, to the uh, Rabbinical Council of New York. And under the circumstances, uh, although I don't have the wording of that prayer in, in front of me, I, I doubt that it induces anti-Semitism.
2: Ah, not directly, no. no you're quite yeah. right. In fact, what it does though, it, it talks about a God mm. who is going to protect us and help us in the sort of gimme attitude. A lot of us would not say that's the basic thing about our relationship to God. You remember the prayer, it, it's not one that says enliven us, change us, open us up, make us bigger persons. It is more protect us and help us. It's more self-centered. It's a prayer. Some of us within the church would not want those to be the words. If we're going to say a prayer, let's say something that Talks about our responsibilities beyond ourselves and isn't just saying gimme gimme. Look, may I sum up and simply say
1: <clears throat> that on the one hand, you doubt that there is any efficacy uh, to such prayer. No, no, no. And on the <laughs> no, other no, hand, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Well, uh, that, that, that you doubt uh, whatever it is that yeah. you've been saying <laughs> about this prayer. <laughs> and that on, on, on the other hand, there are people who disagree with you and that uh, the Supreme Court ought not to be permitted so to transmute the language and the intention really of the Founding don't. Fathers to permit people to disagree even with you, and that under the circumstances we join together in
2: deploring that decision of the Supreme Court. Oh, right, fine. What I really would say, to help clarify, I would like the freedom of local school boards and states to handle these things <clears> rather than <throat> being a federal matter. Yeah. I'm a states writer. I think the First Amendment contemplates this. but. Then, in the discretion used, if I were arguing, I'd say, I'm glad you have the freedom to decide. I hope you'll decide no. Fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, if, uh, if per impossibile
1: the people disagree with you, uh, you will acknowledge their right to do so without all me. of a sudden raising the mm-hmm.
2: odd Zoroastrian whose feelings are going to be heard. Well, now, it's uh, not the only the odd Zoroastrian. There are, in my own area, in San Francisco area, there 75% are of the population are not Jews or Christians. And say so. And there's 25% church members of all types. Mm-hmm. Some of the suburban areas we surveyed, 17%. <clears throat> now, uh, belong to all churches to- together. Oh, are things changing as a result of your dispensation? Aha, uh-huh, no. These are all figures. But they, they But I mean, as a, are, s- are seriously, they coming up?
1: as a result of your sort of
2: reformation of Christian dogma, are people
1: flocking into we're your. We're increasing church?
2: our number of adult confirmations, people who think they can bring their minds into the church with them. But regardless of this, People who outgrow Thomas Aquinas intellectually. Well, Thomas Aquinas, I quoted you, said. We can't say anything about what we mean by God when we can't say what we don't mean by him. No, uh, Thomas Aquinas. We uh, never uh, outgrow uh, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, this is a venture uh, in epistemology. Yeah, you know okay, that. You? That's, that's the second semester <laughs> of the first year in mm-hmm. a Jesuit college that <laughs> I went <laughs> to. Uh, I hear you were the highest ecclesiastical success. Oh, no. Was
1: I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only graduate of a Catholic college who became a Protestant bishop.
2: <laughs> well, I'm the only graduate of the University of Santa Clara that became any kind of bishop. That's right. That's what I
1: say. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? That's uh,
2: why you, I, I say you are the highest. You know, Jesuits never don't like bishops that much, and anyway. St. Ignatius Iola, the founders said, Nolo episcopari, meaning I don't want to be bishop, and right. So anyway, they didn't specialize in making bishops there. But the thing is, <laughs> Just they made football souls. players largely at that time in its history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's go on to this. Yes, we must not confuse making bishops, saving souls. I agree mm, with that careful yes. distinction you made. Now to go on with this. Uh, I feel that this large segment in the community who have, are, are not uh, God-oriented, uh, count two, <clears throat> But I think, on the other hand, an instructional pattern which acquaints students at the right of all along with the best in our heritage and the worst, uh, so that there's a basis of intelligent choosing is what we want. Mm -hmm. I I think this is right. And I will say a good thing about the Supreme Court. The dictum in the last opinion, as I say, spelled that out as quite an open thing, meaning there's nothing unconstitutional about that. Well, of course, uh, Mr. Douglas, Mr.
1: Justice Douglas, said as recently as 10 years ago, of we are a religious people. Yes, is an I know. Presuppose that, the Supreme Being. I that know. was in I Zorak against, against, no. Zorak
2: no. against no. Klausen, no. Yeah. Uh which is the New York yeah. uh, release time case, where they said it's okay if it's across the street, which I thought was a silly decision. Mm-hmm. McCollum says you can't have, in the different classrooms yeah. on a yeah. voluntary basis, but you have to go across the street. Kind of silly, isn't it? Yeah. Very silly, yeah. thing. because we be yeah. do yeah. use public schools for church worship. In yeah. fact, two or three yeah. of my new mission churches are yeah. in public school buildings, and so what's wrong with using the building? So I think yeah. there's a silly distinction the court made there. When Douglas came out with that, it changed the flavor for a while. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly, it did. It sort of stole the Now I wonder when he says <clears throat> our
2: institution presupposes a supreme being, uh, where in the Constitution we find that? Well, of course not in the
1: Constitution. The Declaration of Independence. I know. And the I say the Constitution. But, but certainly in all in uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you're a lawyer. In in all the surrounding uh, documents, uh, put it this way, I think it would be hard to make a historical case. Uh, to suggest that our, our country was founded, other than on a series of metaphysical postulates. Uh, and I thank God for them, because it seems to me that, among other things, it was what gave the strength to Abraham Lincoln to free the slaves. But uh, uh, if he had ple- pleaded purely to positive law, which is so fashionable nowadays,
2: <laughs> right. I doubt very much that he would have found uh, a sufficient well, uh, basis. And now, of course, largely this, this metaphysical judgment. basis was, out of French rationalism, and actually the kind of religion of a man like Thomas Jefferson was deism. So the word God to Thomas Jefferson means quite a different thing than the word God to, uh, for example, John Courtney Murray. I think uh, there's a mixed bag on these origins, I think. Yes, but uh, so far as I
1: know, with with a couple of conspicuous exceptions, uh, there was no one who didn't uh, uh, believe uh, in that other dimension I spoke about a moment ago, Uh, which dimension, in the opinion, of many mothers and fathers who I think ought to be consulted about this,
2: uh, ought to be uh, a part of our continuing culture. Let me say one thing you've been saying right through that I like especially, and I hope our uh, uh, viewers do take with them. This other dimension of reality, that's a very good way to put this. This this does need, there needs to be breathing room for this. I think the trouble with secularism by default in education not intentional secularism so much as by default, is that there is not breathing room for what you right, rightly call this other dimension. I think this is a very important point.
1: Well, are you afraid, are you afraid of the growth of the state in the same sense that conservatives are, because more and more we find ourselves increasingly impotent. For instance, in 1962, 49 out of 50 governors uh, of the uh, United States are three living ex-presidents. Joined eighty-five uh, percent of the people, according to Gallup, saying we must have a constitutional amendment. If this is what the Constitution actually means, i.e., yeah. what the Warren Court has said, then we want to change that Constitution the way we were authorized to
2: do. Well, now, now why now is it no never gets you, off are the you pro- Yes. Why is this? I'd like well, to know could, myself. Could,
1: could it be in part sloth? Could it be in part be. those sort of infinite objections? Yeah, I know. Are uh, the people like you uh-huh.
2: uh, opposed? No, to I the went down to try to of the I spent five hours before them, and with Senator Hart of Michigan, who Roman Catholic. Said, as for these prayers in the Senate, I referred to those. <clears throat> I don't get down there much. And I said, You don't. I'll talk to you later. But I mean, uh, <laughs> there, there, there is a question of language, how to do it. But no. Uh, Frank Becker, representative here from New York at one time, Republican, said invocations, duties, oaths taken on the Bible are as American and as universal as a taste for apple pie or ice cream or watermelon. Mm-hmm. Fellas like that don't help much either. I don't want religion cast in the category of watermelon, I don't have to like watermelon, let me say, well, I like apple pie. I don't th- care for that. I think it's the triviality of a kind of an American religion, a kind of general piety that's all mixed up with patriotism, rather than a transcendent or a overarching, what you call, the other dimension Why of aren't you life. aren't
1: being a little bit snobbish? Really? Yes, because intentionally I, I mean, so. I mean,
2: after all, one man's uh, metaphors may
1: strike you oh, as metaphor. a little bit vulgar. Uh, not uh, vulgar, uh, but, uh, but, but everybody uh, I, I has talk his own. Than that, but I mean, yeah, the triviality yeah, is yeah. You, not the I, I, I see a case against comparing God with apple pie, uh, uh, and I, I see all of the residual uh, objections that you can focus on. But at the same time, it seems to me that a man like Mr. Becker is is is, is expressing, in his own language, uh, a statement uh, uh, which which you, with the training and charitable understanding,
2: ought perhaps really to be rather taken by. Except I don't like a kind of common American religion. Uh, Now take, for example, the statement of Representative Wyman of New Hampshire. He would like to require people to swear belief in a supreme being in order to obtain a driver's license. But then he said it doesn't make the slightest difference so long as the supreme being is acknowledged in some form, whether it be Buddha, Allah, or God. Yes, sir. Now, Could you hold that that just pivotal? a
1: moment? We've given, been given an ultimatum,
0: yeah. Now it's time for questions from our studio audience. Yeah. As I announce the name <clears throat> of our studio questioner, I would like you to rise to give your occupation and ask your question of either Mr. Buckley or Dr. Pike. First, George F. Gilder.
4: Uh, I'm co-author of uh, The Party That Lost Its Head, a book on the Republican Party, come out in May, and my question is, to what extent can the government's recognition of a supreme being, a higher order, appropriately serve as a justification for civil disobedience rather than merely as a pretext for the ritual incantations
2: prescribed by the government? A very good question. Uh, My view of Civil Disobedience stated in Doing the Truth, my text on ethics, that Millen's put out, would say one nation under God implies that there is a higher allegiance permissible to persons. And civil disobedience is built in the very concept of one nation under God. And therefore, fi- the final claim on me is God, not the nation. Nations come and go. God abides forever. I don't buy the God is deadline, as you can see. So it does serve a justification for civil disobedience, which our House of Bishops, for example, uh, endorses in the proper kinds of circumstances in which I myself endorse uh, under proper circumstances. Namely, when it's an unjust law, you can nowise make a change in it, not when you think some firm is violating a just law as those who we vigilantes, I would say, against <coughs> the automobile row in San Francisco or Sheraton Palace Hotel. I think that was wrong kind of civil disobedience because we had a good law, a fair employment practice law. That they violated good laws like trespass, restraint rate, and so forth because they said a particular outfit they don't mean <coughs> it's obeying the law. I don't like that. But I, d- I do agree with your point. And it's almost persuading me we'd better leave these things in there. But he didn't make a point. He asked a question. Well, I, yeah. I mean, he suggests a very interesting yeah. consideration. Yeah. Well, There's other s- dimension s- of life, again, yeah. the nation is not. Uh, the highest allegiance
1: of, uh, to man. Yes, if I may, if I may s- 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 say just for a moment, Bishop, I think that you're all wet uh, in, your, in your analysis <laughs> because on the one hand, it is, uh, it is as St. Paul pointed out, uh, quite correct to acknowledge that there is a higher authority than the civil authority. But it, on the other hand, the presumption must be uh, that one must obey the civil authority, uh, and much of the prevailing anarchy at the moment It has to do with Martin Luther King's extraordinary injunction to all people to more or less sit down over a cup of coffee and decide whether they want
2: to obey this or that How do you get test cases? When I was interning for the SEC, companies used to violate our regulation in order to get a test case up in the court. Is that bad for corporations No, you're quite
1: right. This is, of course, the obvious exception. Oh, That's all you think all the owns, law is wrong. You was, uh,
2: violate it, take your chance, uh, go to the Supreme Court you and you smash see, the law yeah, down. That's right. what
1: these sit ins have done. It. You said, said unjust law, <laughs> not unconstitutional
2: law, and the example you gave applies only to an unconstitutional law. I mean, unjust unconstitutional. Law. Oh, I agree. Well, all right, we're together because these sit ins, the cup of coffee, it was unconstitutional, the, the deprivation of the right to
0: sit there, mixed and drink coffee, and the courts
2: held it up. So, where are we differ there? I
0: think, think we're going to ask. Uh, Mr. Buckley, to answer this next question, at least first, (laughs) this question comes from uh, Ellen McGarrity.
3: I'm a public relations counsel, and actually I want to address my question to both of the gentlemen. Uh, Reverend Pike- Give us a
1: professional opinion, how are we doing? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Extremely well, I must say. Uh, Reverend Pike, in, in the stand that you take, you will find yourself allied with people like myself, who as an atheist very much object to children arbitrarily being indoctrinated in a religious doctrine, whether it's non-denominational, whatever type, the same way we would object to their arbitrarily reciting some sort of pagan ritual. But in certain respects, you are allied with us, and how do you find that alliance? Aside Very from good. Uh, <laughs> I, I
2: believe in being followed with all sorts of people on given specific issues. This is why I don't like the whole mentality which ha- threatened this country from time to time of guilt by association. Uh, we can all agree on this issue, all the way over to the atheist left, if you want to put it that way. I might find myself with the right, as I have, on this point about I didn't like the vigilantism called civil disobedience automobile sit-ins in San Francisco where the left said I was a McCarthyite or a, a John Bircher. I think one takes issue by issue and allies with those of goodwill who can join with one, or even without goodwill if they'll join the same issue. Uh, however, how would you feel about solid, sensible, objective presentation of the history of religious institutions and of the literature of religious institutions in public education, as it's done on the university level now. You you would not object to that, would you? Not at all. Thank you. Uh, Well, I I would say, uh, madam, (laughs) (laughs) uh, that uh, you ought to worry a little bit more
1: uh, about obliging me than you ask that I should worry about obliging you, because the kind of prayers I'm talking about are those under whose dispensation you are perfectly free to instruct your little children to go out and pursue uh, a- atheism, but uh, well, I, I would I suggest that if you are really interested to in toleration, you might say to your children, uh, sit in on those prayers because you're to live in a society in which some people are benighted enough to believe in God, uh, and maybe this will contribute to your education to simply listen to this prayer from time to time.
3: No, but you understand, it's not from time to time, this sort of thing, well, when about propagated is daily. Yeah.
1: I say we were talking about once a day.
3: Yes, we'll but once a day, that's continual. I mean, if you continually exercise anything, it's going to become habitual.
1: Well, and I disagree with my professors almost o- almost everywhere I went in the course of my uh, <laughs> so uh, we we both did Yale. and we both <laughs> yeah. did when we were there. But much more than once a day, but I, I don't know that, that people made a federal case out of but it. But you said professor. Matt Murray might have might have
0: had a fit <laughs> if he had gone to Yale. I think we'd like to get on to our next question, which comes to us uh, from Joseph uh, J. Uh, Kelly. Mr. Kelly.
4: I'm uh, Vice President of the Independent uh, Citizens of New York. Uh, Mr. Buckley, uh, the purpose of our educational system is the development of a formulative uh, young type of mind. Mm. And therefore the purpose of a school of prayer would seem to me to be to teach uh, these minds the awareness of uh, their own humility, the awareness of a supremacy, and therefore uh, the uh, (laughs) <laughs> purpose of uh, of why they are here and what they should do. My question is, uh, would you therefore give these young minds a prayer uh, shorn of meaning or a figurative uh, gem from the Bible without an explanation? Uh, for instance, would you let them believe that the world was built in seven days? Well, I don't uh, acknowledge the authority to write the prayer. If you're asking me
1: which is the optimum prayer, uh, I would say the optimum prayer is one that most faithfully represents the consensus of the community. Now, ooh, if you say, is this, a, is this a prayer dogmatic or, or uh, denominational enough for my own taste? I would say in all likelihood, no. But I'm willing to submit to the discipline of a civil society uh, and surrender to the will of the majority on this point.
4: I'm asking you uh, the value of a prayer that... Uh, has been compromised on, and um, it very well could be shorn of meaning. I'm asking you um, if um, we should well, the quote from of the Bible without explaining what you're quoting. Well, the value of it
1: is, as I suggested to go, namely to uh, a moment ago, namely to introduce the fact of that other dimension, which I consider important to their intellectual and philosophical and spiritual training.
4: Even to a formulative young mind, uh, he may distort this dimension because yes.
1: you will not explain it or give it meaning? Well, uh, uh, un- unfortunately, a lot of those minds aren't quite figurative enough, as, as, as you put it. But if you are suggesting that I would have the goal uh, to uh, suggest to teachers that they teach rather than learn from students, I would say yes, I subscribe to that heresy.
0: Betty, Jane and Dooley would like to ask this question of you, Mr. Buckley.
3: T- English teacher, uh, Mr. Buckley, uh, do you completely reject uh, Bishop Pike's idea of uh, religious education <laughs> in the public school?
1: Certainly not. I, I'm, I'm all in favor, as I said a moment ago, of learning the harmonic structure of Beethoven, but I also believe that you should listen to his music from time <laughs> to time, and that religion is something other than merely a whole set of very interesting uh, uh, myths uh, that had certain uh, uh, detectable uh, effects on human history. Uh, one of the worst heresies of our age is precisely to treat the religion the way, unfortunately, Bishop Pike seems to be most enthusiastic about treating it. Uh, namely, as, 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 as some sort of a uh, some sort of a historical mythology oh. uh, which is interesting only to the extent
2: that one has some sort of a standoffish interest in how oh, it has affected would, history. You must read what is this treasure that Harper and Rowe just brought out. I'm not trying to plug the book, but you'll find I don't quite describe religion as a, just a history of myths. But I would like so to I know No, I didn't say you were. I said you seem to be most interested in that particular approach of religion in the public school. Not the teaching of it as mythology, that would be <laughs> biased, but the teaching of what are the various traditions saying, what do they mean, and what's the history of the institutions involved, and so forth. Uh, but I would like to ask our questioner this interesting thing. The Massachusetts legislature, or I I think they call it the general court, uh, but they mean the legislature, and the governor has just signed this bill, has just passed a bill requiring a minute of silence at the opening of the school day. Uh, How would you feel about that? I I would think any public school teacher would like any silence that's provided uh, in the course of a day. But this is meant to allow everyone to formulate his own intentions, say his prayers, focus his... Excuse me, Dr.
0: Pike, I'm afraid we're all going to have to appreciate just a moment of silence at this time. Uh, That
2: was well put.
1: (laughs) But in any case, I'm most grateful to you for for coming and, uh, as always, for uh, saying so very much that is so very interesting and and so very well. Thank you again. Glad to be with you.